0: All right, so looks like we all read Batman Universe. Yep. Yep. Words? I think we have words. Sure. I have words. Yep, and tying in with that, I'd like to talk
1: uh, Titan's Burning Rage. Is it subtitled Chlamydia? (laughs) (laughs) No.
2: I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This, this is Wayne. So I had a dream last night, guys. God, oh, uh, shit. Which <laughs> 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 one of us was your pool boy? So uh, my wife and I are in the process of opening up this this gigantic business no idea what the business was, but it's, I mean, in terms of scale, it was like a mall, right? I mean, just like all these different, you know, suites and and, and whatnot, but it was all, it was just sort of like this mega business kind of thing. And there are all these people running around and I've got my clipboard and I'm checking off like, well, we need signage over here and we need that over there and yada, yada. It's just very busy. And up walks Richard Klein. Now, do you know who Richard Klein is? He was uh, uh, a, an actor in Spin City. He was oh yeah, that guy, the...
0: George Clooney's friend. Yes, the one yeah. who kind of looks like Fred Flintstone. Yeah, great, I big, would probably know him if I saw him, but I don't know the name. Great
2: big wide mouth, and you know, usually plays sort of a, a nice uh, but you know moronic sort of guy. You know, anyway, Richard Klein walks up, and he's like Aaron, very exp- very ex- ex- expressive. He's like, I need your help. And I said, I, I you know, I'm sorry, Richard. I'm, I'm very busy right now. And he says, I need your help. I'm starting a Broadway musical, and I need you to sing in it. And I'm like, man, I really can't. I've got I've got all this I'm doing here. You know, my wife and I are, are starting this business, and so we really got to do. It. He says, he says, you're going to help my friend. My friend needs help. He's dying. This will help him. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I I, I really I, I can't do it. Uh, I've got this going on. And, and then all of a sudden, Richard Klein goes very dark, and he says, you'll do it, or I'll kill everyone you love. And so I wake up, and I'm telling my wife about it this morning. And, she, and, and I said, you know, I, I, I didn't want him to kill you, I said. And, and then she, she just looks at me, just very, very, very flat expression, or Paul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I like this story anymore. <laughs> Stay away from me, Richard. <laughs> Richard Klein's coming for you, Paul. He's coming he's for me. He's coming for you. <laughs> so I had a dream last but, night, friend. But, but I just want you to know, Paul. I will avenge you. <laughs> oh <Uh-oh>, after. <laughs> he wouldn't try to stop it, but he no, would avenge no, you. But I
2: will avenge you. Yeah. You know, you're they're gonna they're gonna he's gonna refrigerate Paul, you know. Paul's in the fridge. Oh, I'm the motivation. You're the motivation, but I will avenge you. <laughs>
0: So, um, at this time next week, I will be, well, At this time in 72 hours on well, now, but anyway, point is in three days, I'm going to be out in California. Is
2: math hard, Paul? Is math hard?
0: <laughs> you know, that <laughs> time thing. Time is relative. Um, so I will be in Anaheim, California, uh, starting Tuesday. I'm going to be attending Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, uh, out in Disneyland and, uh, t- and a whole bunch of cool stuff. Follow along on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ideology of madness. But. Um, the reason I'm going to be out there is not just Disneyland, but also because there's the D23 Expo, and I think I've talked about this on the show before. Um, it is the official Disney fan convention, and because Disney owns everything by proxy, it becomes the Disney convention for Star Wars and Marvel and National Geographic, because apparently they own that, um, as well as Disney Plus, uh, you know, the, the new streaming service, and the Disney Channel and ABC and, and ESPN, so like they're you know, everything that Disney owns is featured at this convention. Um, and so you know they're including now 20th Century Fox, they're gonna have a big Simpsons panel with the cast. Uh, well, Saturday is the big Disney Studios panel, which is where they announced their their upcoming movie slate um, for anyone who remembers two years ago, which where they showed the first footage from Infinity War. Um, where Thanos threw the moon at the Avengers. Uh, they they show like exclusive footage and they bring out casts and things like that. And you know some of the rumors are that they're going to have they're going to feature the new the title of the new Indiana Jones film and that The Rock is going to be there showing some footage from Jungle Cruise and and those kinds of things. And um, but one of the things that is pretty well another rumor is that they're going to announce the Obi One uh, TV series starring Ewan McGregor. Um But. One of the things that's pretty obvious that's going to happen is that they're going to show the new trailer for Star Wars Episode IX, uh, you know, The the Rise of Skywalker. Well, I had a dream last night about this. No. Was Richard Klein in it? <laughs> he was not. He might have been. <laughs> I just didn't see him. Um, <laughs> actually, now that you mention it. No. Um, so, you know, for anyone who's been to any of these big conventions, uh, sometimes, you know, when there's a giant panel. There's, you know, the, the, in these convention centers, they just take like a giant room and they clear it out and they set up queues for that. Basically, you know, you line up in waiting for for the panel to start, you know, and then they let you in. Well, I had a dream that I was first in line for the Rise of Skywalker panel. It's not going to happen. No. But I a dream. <laughs> I'm not camping out overnight, but I remember the dream. I walked into the room and I'm like, there's no one here. Am I first in line? Which queue do I get in? Where do I stand? <laughs> Where's Richard Kind? You know you'll do it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. So I, I'm very excited about D23. Um, you know I won't be on the podcast next week, but uh, for those who do want to follow along, you know check out our our YouTube channel and or just check out iomgeek.com. I'll post articles uh, there as well. But typically I'll post the YouTube first, or just follow us on social media. You know Instagram is where I'll post everything. Uh, Instagram uh, iomgeek. You guys have way better dreams than me. I just dreamed that I was
1: at work extra early trying to do some things and called a guy that I used to work with and was telling him about it.
0: Uh, <laughs> not nearly as much fun as either of your dreams. My favorite dreams is where I dream that I'm sleeping. Oh, that's so good.
2: <laughs> well, I just want to say what, what I've learned from my dreams is that uh, Richard Kind... Is an asshole.
0: <laughs> he really is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did you, I don't know if you saw the news or not. You know, you talking about the the lines at D twenty three got me thinking about this. But uh, the on the news yesterday, they showed where the uh, U.S. Customs. Uh, computer system went down which caused this massive backup in the airports with planes coming in and then them not being able to get folks through customs from international flights and just i mean just huge lines just backed up i mean it was like a it was like a uh, uh, san diego comic con line for hall h i mean it was just insane right and the whole time i'm looking at that i'm just like I just would turn around and get back on the plane just take me home. I you know I'm I'm not in, not that interested in coming into the country to uh to uh stand in this line which you know is the reason why I haven't gone to to San Diego cuz good god those lines um I think that's really the kind of person I am Paul you know I I if um, I if I if I, if, I, if if uh I can pay the uh VIP experience and avoid lines that's the way I go.
0: But you know what man they they really they get you on that VIP because yes. I considered it. Well, first of all, in the like the Star Wars Celebration and the D23, the, the VIP so- sells out within seconds. Like, it, good luck getting the VIP to begin with. But I was really freaking tempted. But like a three-day pass to D23, I think, was, I don't know, 150 bucks, something like that. Yeah. Maybe not even that much. Yeah. But the VIP was like $1,200. Yeah.
2: It's insane. And well, And yeah. that was when I was looking at uh, Star Trek Las Vegas for this year it was the same thing i mean it was a it was a whole order of difference in price from what you'd pay just to go versus the vip experience
0: and i, I mean, mean holy crap <laughs> don't get me wrong i'm sure it's worth it and i you know i think the vip stuff honestly sells out quickly to scalpers yeah because they take all the vip cuz you know you get in early you get the exclusives and you get vip exclusives right um and you can make your money back by selling that stuff mm-hmm uh, but that's that's an extra level of commitment as well. Like right. That's a lot of effort it, to sell yeah. stuff. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's bad enough
1: these things have crowds, but crowds and lines? Yeah. 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 I just can't. I, the, the
2: lines I just find unbearable. Unbearable, Paul. <laughs> well, you know what
0: else is unbearable? Damn it. What's that, Paul? So my DVR has been raking up episodes of Krypton. Uh-huh. <laughs> just yeah, really, I'm like I four really, or five back. Yeah. I think I've only seen the first two or three episodes of this season, season two. And I'm like, OK, well, I'm going to wait, because honestly, you know, I saw Krypton season one as a, a binge watch. So I was like, OK, well, I'll just wait. I'll watch it all. You know, I've, I've heard very good things about this season. You know, people are liking Lobo. I liked what I saw of him. And so, you know, and apparently a lot of stuff has happened this season that has really got fans excited. And the, and the thing that got fans most excited is that Sci Fi canceled it this week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. After two seasons, you know, Krypton has been canceled. And, you know, they're like, but it may go to HBO Max. Bullshit. Yeah, Krypton's no, canceled. Yeah, so it's, no, it's dead. <laughs>
2: that that amused me when I saw that, and I think it was uh, breaking nerd news that said that was uh, was uh, you know it, it may go to HBO Max, and that just seemed like a pipe dream.
0: Yeah, because uh, uh, apparently it only had four hundred thousand viewers a week. Yeah.
2: That's it's it's like, not. That's like saved. when my parents split up. Yeah, your father may come home. Yeah, fuck you, mom. That's not happening.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> now, there have been some shows that have been rescued from the Sci-Fi Channel, but I don't. This isn't going to be one of them.
2: Yeah. No. Like
1: Expanse well, was supposed to have been rescued.
2: I tell you what I did was, you know, the minute I, I, I saw that story and I forwarded it over to you guys, I got it from my desk here in my home office, walked into the den, and immediately deleted my entire uh, folder full of Krypton episodes on my DVR.
0: Yeah, apparently it ends on a cliffhanger. So f- oh, that is yeah. gonna piss me off yeah. so much. So I'm just I'm just gonna delete it. I'm not yeah. gonna even bother finishing it. Yeah, so
1: I had right. another one of those moments this past week. Of I finished watching the new Tick series. There were three seasons of it on uh, either Hulu or Amazon Prime, and I get to the last episode, and uh, then I look up to see when the next season's coming out, and it was canceled too. Yeah, that's just, uh, that's yeah. harsh. But, but I am happy to thing. say, you okay. know,
2: you, you had mentioned The Expanse. Uh, you know, season four is coming, and they've already picked it up for a season five. Whereas season three is coming, and they've already picked it up for a season four. Well, well, you know. There's two new seasons of Expanse coming. Whatever the hell.
0: Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I forgot what I was going to say, Aaron. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. Oh, no, wait. I do remember now. Well, on the bright side of things, you could if, if, if that doesn't piss you off enough... Sci-Fi Channel instead will be premiering their their new original motion picture tonight, Zombie Tsunami, starring Ian Ziering, because they have more room for that type of programming starring now. Starring who? Ian Ziering. I don't know what that is. He's the dude from <laughs> Sharknado in Beverly Hills 90210. Aha two things i have never watched gotcha he also plays blue devil in the swamp thing tv show uh uh-huh. another well, thing i've played watched. <laughs> another thing that got canceled <laughs> on an episode of it yeah well apparently lobo was really popular and they were considering doing um a, lobo a series yeah. a spin-off show based on you know with lobo and uh, that has clearly you know been shelved as well so the krypton well, yeah. show is dead which is a bummer
2: huh.
0: you know yeah. it seems like dc you know they they just when they were getting their it's it, i thought they at least had tv right uh but doesn't look like that's happening though they they still obviously have all the stuff going on in the cw and maybe some big reboots and changes coming there in the coming season yeah you never well, know it's it's run better than loot crate at least
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so wayne i'm gonna let you yeah. take this one tell us
1: about loot crate so as you guys know because i've Granted about it i dropped loot crate a little while ago and sent them a letter about how i just can't support a business that can't manage itself and gets its products out four months or more late and apparently other customers agreed because they filed bankruptcy this week and i felt all vindicated and justified and then somebody stepped in and bought them
2: yeah that's crazy i, I think i think that that's a losing deal you know
1: i think that's good money after bad yeah, they sent out a letter about how they were going to quickly get all of our crates that haven't reached us cuz I canceled but I still have a whole bunch of things that are have never shown up.
0: So right. Yeah, well, but they and, swear you know, they're going to get them to us this time. Mhm. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird to me because is it clearly it's a money issue, but did they just have the shit sitting there? Like I guess I don't understand how they're going to get packages to people. Yeah, and even worse, they had just raised prices that was the
1: last straw. And they sent a message out about how they had raised prices and the, uh, for their frequently asked questions on that. One of the questions was, uh, you know, does this mean you're going to get things out on time? And they're like, yes, we will in the future. And huh. then the next question, it, the next question is, uh, you know, are you sure that you should be raising prices until you fix that issue? And they're like, we need to raise prices to fix that issue. Huh? I, I don't think that's it. I just, it just seems like it's poor management. They have no project management skills. Maybe they're taking on more than they can handle, but it is when even in your flagship product, the basic loot crate can't get out on time. You're just not doing well at your business. Yeah, as like I get some of these special crates, if you're having something special done with them, being a little late, not as late as they've been for the Star Trek and the Deadpool ones, but
0: yeah, you know, the your base core flagship product. You don't let that one be late. No, there should be no lateness. They've been doing this shit for like ten years. Yeah, like, you know, at what point does it become just a, a well oiled machine, right? Like, I don't understand.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, after know that, somebody buys them and fires the right people. Yeah. Well, and and you know, the thing that
2: might be worth some money in that is the name, right? You know, not necessarily any of the infrastructure or any of the talent. You know, a lot of times when you buy a business, you're buying the core technology, you're buying the reputation, you're buying the talent. And I don't think I, – I, I'm, I'm baffled by what they thought was worthwhile to come in and save it other than the name. Is there anything else
1: there of value? That was my thought too is yeah. the name has – people know the name.
0: Yeah. 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 Kind of like Thwipster. They need to bring that back. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> that was fun while it lasted. Ooh, that was dangerous while it lasted. It's like here's your hundred dollar trade paperback for yeah. fifteen bucks. Yeah, free I just, shipping. I miss the Whipster. Yeah, I mean, it seems I'm surprised they don't have it given all the extra stock. Yeah, of, of comics that goes into clearance bins and secondhand stores and crap like that nowadays. That there's not just like a place like Whipster to sell like all those. You know, Dark Knight's metal statues that no one wants of the, the Aquaman Batman or something. You know, like there are, you know, there's shit that no one wants. But, you know, if you if you price it down 75 percent, someone will buy it. Yeah.
1: yeah. All those issues of the wedding of Superman that I find in quarter bins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, well, let's talk about some comics, some actual comics. And we're going to start with the Brian Michael Bendis twofer, double the Bendis, double the fun. So, Event Leviathan, number three, came out this week um, from Brian Bendis and Alex Malieve. And, you know, I asked Aaron if he wanted to talk about it before, and he, the show. And he said, yeah, I don't have anything to, to really say about it. And I said, I do want to talk about it. And I wanted to talk about it kind of in conjunction with Batman Universe, because what I'm finding is that Brian Michael Bendis seems to be gaining a lot more comfort level in his writing for DC Comics. I would agree. Um, this, th- this and Batman universe are so very much Bendis that for a second I'm like, wow, I have not read the DC superheroes written in this way pretty much ever. Right. Um, you know, in, in all my years of, of reading, don't get me wrong. There have been certainly, uh, talky superhero comics, you know, Brad Meltzer, Jeff John, Scott Snyder. They, they do capture superhero voice as well. But they're still heroic. They're still dramatic. You know, they're they're rarely conversational, and that's where Brian Michael Bendis excels. And I feel like Event Leviathan, um, did two things very well for me this issue. One, it was a very conversational issue, and I actually liked the conversation. Um, it, you know, it's a very like you know all the all the detectives talking. Like I I could I could hear the conversation in my head yeah. of them going back and forth, and two. It did something that I think Brian Michael Bendis doesn't do very well, and I realized it may not be Bendis' fault. I mean, it's partially his fault. Huh. Which is that it had a pretty damn good action scene. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, you know, obviously the the, the credit there should go to Alex Maleev for, for his storytelling techniques. Because I've always found, like, Brian Michael Bendis' action sequences, I'm like, he can't write action. Just stick with conversation. Mm-hmm. But this one was actually really good.
2: Yeah. No, it was. It was. And, you know, to your point, the the dialogue between all of the characters. And you've got all these detectives, right? You know, you got Lois Lane and Plastic Man and Batman and uh, uh, Damian Wayne and, uh, uh, you know, uh, The Question and all these, uh, Green Arrow, everybody talking at the same time. And each of their voices is so unique and distinct. And there is this great panel where Lois Lane digs on Plastic Man And, uh, you know, Plastic Man's like, hey, where's Superman? You know, because they're all hiding out in uh, Superman's alternate fortress of solitude in the Bermuda Triangle. And uh, she says, off planet. And, and, you know, the, the great big mystery right now is who the fuck is Leviathan, right? And so Plastic Man says, well, what if he, meaning Superman, is Leviathan? And Lois says... Then, you, then you're just the guy to protect us, non-elong, non-elongated man. And I screwed up the joke. <laughs> then you're just the guy to protect us, non-elongated man. And Plastic Man just looks at him and goes, wow, that
0: hurts. <laughs> we don't really need two stretchy guys. <laughs> well, especially since the elongated man is the actual smart one.
2: Right. Right. <laughs> I... I I, you know, I think Bendis to your point also is that he's really getting more comfortable getting so much better at writing these characters. Uh, there is a great big back matter piece at the end of uh Event Leviathan as well as Batman Universe both of the, the Bendis titles that came out this week where he talks about uh his Legion book that's coming right and you know the the big kickoff event uh two part book uh, called uh, Legion of Superheroes Millennium and then the ongoing Legion series and they talk about uh the 21st century character, and they refer to her, refer to this character as her, who is going to sort of carry us through all the various and distinct DC futures that we're going to see. Um,
0: I can't help wonder if that's
2: not Lois Lane.
0: You think? No, I, I don't know. I don't because know. she's got her 12 issue series, right? So, I mean, I guess you can. Mess with the timing of it a little bit, but I just, it would I, be interesting. It makes me wonder because he has
2: spent so much time making Lois his own.
0: Yeah, and it would tie with Jonathan.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. That's kind of my thought as well. I'm just like, is that? They, and they they black out that line where you know <laughs> to make you wonder who it is, who is it? And I initially started thinking, well, yeah. You know, I think the comment was it's got to be someone that we that we love that we identify with, and so my initial thought was Donna Troy. But then I started thinking more about it, and particularly in tying into Jonathan, uh, is it
1: Lois? Did Lois somehow follow, try to follow him into the future? So what do you think about Jonathan's costume in this? Because I was looking at the artwork of the characters. I, I like it. I like it, but my what I don't like about it is that it doesn't seem super
2: boyish enough.
1: Yeah, I like the S-Shield and the cape. I think uh-huh. they're done really well. The rest of the lines remind me too much of the – like. New 52 armor. Yeah. And so I don't like that part of it. But the shield and the, the cape over the
0: shoulders, I really yeah. like. It doesn't say who designs them, I don't think. I mean, it shows the designs, but it doesn't say who actually My designs them. My guess is
2: it's Ryan Sook, right? Oh,
0: that's possible. Because he's yeah. doing
2: the ongoing series.
0: Yeah, that does look like he, his art style. And
2: he's the guy who spent a year working on this stuff. And I think that's the thing that's the most interesting to me, is that DC gave them a full year to work on the series. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's that's something that I'm always complaining about that they should do with their event books. Should have done it with uh, Doomsday Clock. Because every yeah. now and again, I wake up in the middle of the night and go, oh, Doomsday Clock is still a thing. Still has two issues to go. Yeah. <laughs> as it has for the last year and a half
1: (laughs) it's like they hired kevin smith to write it yeah no you think yeah
0: but you know batman universe kind of ties in with that event leviathan conversation for me in that um even though this isn't a new book right i guess these stories were published probably five ish months ago at this point um the the storytelling on this is is perfect and you know i i think i lent a lot of that to nick derrington on the art which is just glorious yeah but aaron gorilla city i know
2: right well yes i loves me some vandal savage loves me some vandal savage and i love that he shows up in the book i didn't love
1: his design but... yeah i thought the same thing uh some of the things i loved about it that you guys haven't mentioned because i loved but of course i love gorilla city uh I loved Green Arrow's interactions with Batman throughout the book. Yeah. I loved seeing the Riddler on one of those stupid, like, cane helicopter things. Uh-huh. Just because it, you know, it pulls back nostalgia.
2: Well, you know, I, I love that, uh, you know, Batman directs Green Arrow where to shoot the Riddler. And I had to go in and zoom in on that pan. I'm like, did he use a bladed arrow? Because, you know, they sh- he's like, shoot him in the right ankle. And I'm like, did they just shoot him in the right ankle? You know, with a, with a bladed arrow. But no, it was a little grapple hook thing that you know grabbed his ankle. But I, you know, there is a time where Green Arrow just would have used something with with a sharp edge on it. <laughs> you know, uh, back in the '80s slash '90s, that totally would have happened. That would have been a thing.
1: Yeah, I love the interactions in Gorilla City as well. Yeah, Batman trying to be all stealthy and then landing in front of a whole batch of gorillas. Yeah. And just that whole back and forth of uh, the King of the Gorillas still being angry with him. Yeah, no, and well, there, there's
2: a there's a Bendis has done a great job of pegging uh, Alfred's character as well. I mean, we never see Alfred in this book; we just hear him in Batman's ear. And yeah. Alfred is pitch perfect in the book. So, yeah, yeah. no, I agree. I, I, Bendis Bendis has
0: certainly done his homework here. I, th- I think this book is fantastic. You know, they I, they still haven't announced what's taking. <clears throat> Over the the Batman books, um, after Tom King goes and does his Batman Catwoman title, yeah, I would have loved if it was this. You know, yeah. I think that this deserves to be the main Batman book. You know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like Hush, um, you know, which is in that it's a tour of Batman's universe and Rogue's gallery, as well as Batman's interaction in the greater DC universe between Green Arrow, Gorilla City. I'm sure we'll see Superman and other characters pop up and yeah. Green Lantern. They brought up in this book. Like it, it kind of reminds me in that of that. Um, I would love to see this in the main Batman title.
2: Yeah. You know, it, 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 there's something there's something brave and the boldish about it with, you know, uh, with Batman teaming up with someone in, in the book. Uh, there is something that does. It, it's sort of a uh, a kinder, friendlier Batman. Um, you know, and it's not quite so navel-gazing. I like Batman solving uh, a, a mystery that's a little big and crazy. I mean, there, you know, Green Arrow makes this comment as, uh, you know, Riddler has escaped and left this trail of question mark cards behind him. And Green Arrow's like, you know, this is why everyone hates your rogues gallery. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then, then he makes yeah. a comment. You know, he's holding up one of the little question mark cards. And he goes, he's, he has these custom-made... You know, Batman's like, like, you and
1: I are ones to talk.
2: I mean, I like that Batman has a sense of humor in the book.
1: Yeah. yeah. You know. And I like that early on, Batman's telling him, let Riddler be Riddler. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly. Like let him do. tell his
0: joke. He works really hard on these. <laughs> I thought that was fun. And, you know, so I'm looking at issues uh, three and four. So issue three does have Green uh, Green Lantern. Issue four apparently features Jonah Hex. So you know they're they're taking that Batman universe literally. Yeah,
2: no, I love it. Like I said, it's very much like an old Brave and the Bold book. You know where where it's you know Batman's got a got a new guy. You know it's on the Marvel side. It's you know uh, Marvel team up with Spider Man. This is DC team up with Batman, and yes.
0: I, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think it's a great book. And Highly the, recommend it. And More the than Darrington the art, art
2: is so much fun.
0: God, it's awesome. Yeah. It, and you know especially the Gorilla City stuff. You could yeah. tell. He, he had a blast, because there are multiple two-page spreads in that.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, they're just beautiful. Yeah.
1: yeah. So because all of the DC stuff has been, the Walmart DC stuff has been so good, I decided to give Teen Titans Rage a try this week. And uh, another factor that kind of pushed me towards getting it, the writer, Dan Juergens.
2: That's, that's, hmm. that's, 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 that's a good uh, mark of quality, so tell yeah. me about
1: it. So one of the things I really enjoy about what I read in here, Like some of the others uh, from the Walmart books, they're basically taking the character, distilling them down, and not worrying about any kind of continuity. The team that you're dealing with in here is Robin, Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy, and the Robin is Tim Drake. Uh, Even Beast Boy was really well written in this book. Uh, They're fighting a villain called Disruptor, who basically can disrupt anything— so he disrupts. Uh, Beast Boy tries to fight him as a gorilla, and he disrupts Beast Boy's ability to turn into an animal, and he turns back to a human. So and in one of those rare moments of intelligence from Beast Boy, Beast Boy turns into an insect and flies into his ear, you know, messes up his equilibrium. Things like that are things I haven't seen in a Teen Titans book in a long time. Uh, they have a whole training scene of basically Robin outsmarting all of them to get to the button. And this is what I always liked about the characters. This reminds me of how much I loved Teen Titans when I used to read it, you know, before New 52 and before all of that. It is just a fun book with villains I recognize. Hive is the major villain on it. And I I wish Tim were on here reading this because I think he would enjoy this a lot as well. It just kind of, like I said, distills it. There's no cyborg, which is another big plus for me. Yeah, boy.
2: Cyborg's (laughs) a little
1: rough sometimes. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, Juergens does a great job with the dialogue. These characters' voices all sound wonderful. The art is great on it, and it doesn't have any of the baggage that a Teen Titans book would have in the regular universe. They've won me over with another one of the Walmart
0: books. I can't wait until they start printing the Flash one. They they do have a Wonder Woman one out there. Um, I I think it's by Jimmy Palmiotti. And um, who is he married to? Amanda Conner. Amanda Conner. I think they're the writers. I don't think she's the artist. Yeah. At this point,
1: I'll go take a look because so far,
0: three for three on the Walmart
1: ones. They have all three have been really good. They've, they've done something. They've,
0: they've hit a streak with these Walmart books. The Wonder Woman one is titled Come Back to Me. So maybe we're checking out. Like, like you said, I, you know the, these continuity-free books, uh, I, I love them. Uh, I think they're they're doing a great job with them. I, I wish they were easier to purchase in stores when they first came out, but I'm glad they're reprinting them and making them digital so that I can enjoy them. Well, yeah, I'm thrilled that I've got the opportunity to read them now because you know me
2: going into a Walmart and and picking up trying to find those books was not going to happen, but. uh I tell you what, another book that I'm really loving, and I'm eager to hear what uh, Wayne thinks about it this week, but is uh, uh, Dan Slott's Fantastic Four, which did not have a cover that I'm real wild about this week. Uh, I don't care for the way uh, The Thing was drawn on that cover. But uh, the interiors are beautiful, and it it continues the fight between The Thing, the ever-loving blue-eyed Thing, uh, Fan of Millions, Idol of Millions, (laughs) Uh, fighting the Puppet Master-controlled
1: Immortal Hulk. Wayne, what'd you think? So the first thing I thought as I was reading this is, man, it feels like I missed an issue. And I realized I missed an issue. (laughs) So the last thing I I did see the, not last issue, because I missed that issue, the issue before that was when they give him, give Puppet Master the clay. Right. So... You know, I, had, I didn't know if they were just jumping into the middle of the fight or if I'd missed something. And I apparently missed a whole issue that I have to grab. This is a good fight. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of Hulk thing fights before. But this one is just plain brutal with Puppet Master controlling Hulk. And Hulk doesn't seem to be fighting it at all. Uh, ben Grimm is just the art on this. He gets brutalized. Yeah. You know, you see the the outer layers just coming off of the rock.
2: Yeah, you know, we, we see uh, fights with the thing, you know, where rocks get knocked off of him, right? But it doesn't seem to have any sort of lasting impact. Like, you don't look at the thing and go, oh, look, he's missing a chunk of rock. But, I mean, you're seeing the, the, uh, <laughs> the crushed pebble beneath where the uh, rocks have been smashed away. I mean, it is terrible. You can see the, the tissue beneath swelling up. I, 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 was, I, I was deeply concerned about what was going to happen to him when he reverted back to uh, his human form, because the clock ticking on this issue is that annually, as was established back in the, I want to say the Hickman run of Fantastic Four, is that once a year, Ben Grimm transitions back to his human self for about a week. And uh, he and Alicia had waited to have their honeymoon uh, from their recent wedding to time up with this sink because they're ready to start a family. And he is, he is trying to, to resolve the Hulk situation before he changes because he knows that he can't do anything to stop the Hulk. And the Hulk is murderous and ragey and, of course, because he is being controlled by the puppet master, Alicia's father.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's sad how this all works out because they never got to consummate their, their marriage. Yeah. Yeah. That's,
2: that's, you know, cause he wakes up a week later and he's back to being the thing. But I mean, he is just destroyed by the end of that fight, but spoilers. I I
1: did get such a kick out of Johnny's comment. (laughs) The, uh, you got knocked into next Tuesday.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, he,
2: he does manage to, uh, win the fight against the Hulk Uh, Almost destroying his uh, his uh, left arm in the process. Uh, It was. I mean, the the fight is is told beautifully. Uh, There are stakes involved. I enjoy that Alicia is not a hostage. You know, Alicia 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 is saving herself.
1: Uh, The writing on Alicia from the beginning of this series on Dan Slott has a good Alicia. He does. She's a character that knows. Ben's not going to be able to win this if he's worried about me. So I have to get out there. So that'll save Ben. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone's complaining about, they can't see. And she's like, well, good thing I never did. And she is just a character that is so strong throughout this whole series. But this issue, she really stood out. And the last thing that, you know, really got me in the issue that I loved was the epilogue.
2: Yeah. Where the Hulk uh, shows up to take care of the puppet master. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, and that's that is the immortal. That is the Hulk that's being told in the pages. Of the immortal Hulk. He's uh, very dark. He uh, settles scores. Uh, it makes that book really interesting to read. So I, I recommend it. I know, Paul. I know that you've been off of Fantastic Four. I'm enjoying yeah. the hell out of it. Uh, you should yep. get caught up on a sale.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, Aaron, did you read the letter page? I did not. I generally don't. A lot of the focus on the letter page this time was around Dr. Doom, mm-hmm. and it's people specifically talking about how they had enjoyed Dr. Doom in Invincible Iron Man, yeah. in Infamous Iron Man, in uh, the two-for-one, and they felt like all of those stories are being treated like they didn't even happen, and uh, as they talk about it, you know, the reply back is, you know, funny you should mention Doom – that some of that's going to be dealt with starting in October when Dr. Doom number one goes on sale. Yeah. So I like that they at least mention they printed the letters where people are saying the same things we were. Right. That as much as we enjoyed the book, as much as we enjoyed what Doom was doing, it felt like all of that character progression we had got with Doom just disappeared. And I like that they're not just going to sweep that under the rug, that we're going to see something Happen with that?
2: Yeah, I'm eager to see what that Doom book is because you know it, I, I really enjoyed uh, you know the infamous Iron Man. I, I really enjoyed that, and I enjoyed his his uh, appearance in two in uh, Marvel Two and One. So I, I'm excited to see what happens there. Excellent. Well, I got to tell you, I'm not going to be shy about it. My book of the week, guys, is Kieran Gillen's new comic for Boom Studios, and that is Once and Future. Uh, it was the first book I read this week, and I loved it, so I read it all over again. And uh, I, 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 you know, sent notes out to to uh, Paul and Wayne and said this book is fantastic. So I'm eager to hear what you guys think of Kieran Gillen's Once and Future.
1: So I initially wasn't going to buy this book because I'm really burnt out on kind of the Aetherian mythology, mm-hmm. just because it's freaking everywhere. Uh, but I took Aaron's advice, picked up the book, read it. It is hilarious, and it isn't the typical Arthur story. It was actually a new
0: and different, fresh take. So I love the book. Paul? Yeah, I loved it. Um, so I had I had intended on buying it to begin with. Um, you know, I'm a fan of Kieran Gillen. I'm I'm not as big a fan as Aaron is. I know Aaron has read Uber and and some other stuff that Kieran Gillen has written that I just haven't had a chance to read. Um, but I also like the artist Dan Mora. Mm-hmm. He's done uh, some a number of other books for Boom as well. And uh, so I didn't even know what the book particularly was about. It just says a take on an Arthurian legend. I'm like, ah, okay, I don't care. I'll give it a shot. Like I didn't look at the cover too closely to see that there's like modern technology and like someone holding a gun. I just bought the book basically by the because of the creative team more so than anything in the book, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. It reads very much like a movie. Mm -hmm, Uh, In fact, you know, this may, for all I know, this may be like them trying to come about someone buying the rights to make a movie, or maybe the rights have already been purchased because it reads, I mean, it is 100% like the first 15, 20 minutes of a movie, uh, is, is this book. And you know, the the pacing, the characterizations, the action sequences, um, the dialogue, all very movie esque. And I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Genuinely did. I
2: got to tell you, if this book is nothing more than gran, you know, uh, this guy's grandmother, uh, being a badass, <laughs> the entire series—that's enough for me. There, yeah, the, the 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 book when it cuts to her after the uh, the initial cold open of the of the book, you know, she's in her uh, retirement home and the news is playing, and she's not even looking at the news; she's looking away from it. But the the other residents in the home are like, "Yeah, we really don't want to watch the news. Maybe we should change the channel." And her comment is, "Yeah, you could do that, but broken fingers take so long to heal at our age." I was like okay I'm in and there's this other panel later on where she is out in the woods digging up her cache of weapons and her son who's just sort of this doofus guy uh, is helping her do it and he's like what is all this stuff and he holds up this gun and it's got like wooden stakes in it you know some sort of uh, you know repeating rifle that shoots uh, wooden stakes and she was like well I used to hunt vampires you used to hunt vampires yeah and then I ran out of vampires I love her. I love yes.
1: her. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And when she wants him to do something, she just pulls a gun on him. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I and love she this. shot him.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Grandma don't play. <laughs> yeah. I love that it's not about the sword uh-huh. either. Like Excalibur's mentioned, and I think – I'm pretty sure we see Excalibur in with all of her things. That's probably Excalibur is the sword that's in there. But – that the big thing that they found that is leading to everything is the scabbard, right? The the scabbard of Excalibur is the magical item. That's a twist I haven't seen
0: before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only disappointment I would have in this book is in that Kieran Gillen is, uh, an excellent essay writer. And he usually, you know, uh, in his new titles, at least with avatar, um, would put like a little essay at the back of the book uh, regarding his research, to, into the book because he he very much researches this stuff and I wish we had gotten that but maybe they're saving it for issue two.
2: Well, and it's a long book. There's 33 pages, right? So yeah. maybe they didn't have enough room for it, uh, and maybe we'll get it more. But yeah, you're right. I mean his his back matter in the Uber books is fantastic. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I subscribe to his email list. Uh, and so I get an email from Kieran Gillen on every new comic book day, and they're always super interesting. Uh, he's a writer who has a ton to say. Uh, and one of the things that I enjoy the most about him is he tells you what he's reading, you know, because he reads a lot of nonfiction to inform his writing. And I'm fascinated by, by some of the stuff he's he's reading. And, you know, because I'm a World War II buff, he'll talk about that in the Uber book, and I'll wind up picking up the same book. And, you know, they're always excellent reads. <laughs>
1: Yeah I love that he's particularly good with the twists. The yeah. what you expect out of a character before coming into the book is not what you're going to get. Yeah. And he he does that very well, whether it be the main character Gran or you know what looks like is going to be King Arthur. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I uh I I love this book. I can't wait for the rest of it. And I got to tell you it has been forever. Since, I've, since I have been excited about a book coming out of Boom. Uh, but man, this book looks fantastic. So I, a
1: big thumbs up, guys. Agreed. I'm on yeah. board. I am glad I asked you to sell me on it,
0: because <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Well, hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, even though I won't be here next week, there are a couple of books coming out that may be of interest. Uh, Black Mask, Year of the Villain. Uh, wait, one wait, shot comes wait, out now. Will you not be here because Richard Kind has of killed you? He, it's very possible.
2: I will avenge you, Paul.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, Black Mask, you're the villain. One shot comes out from Tom Taylor and Cully Hamner. So pretty awesome team on that book. Uh, I may pick that one up. History of the Marvel Universe, issue two comes out. I think issue one, we were kind of lukewarm on. probably uh, may pick it up in a sale, but issue two comes out next week. As does Jimmy Olsen, issue 2 Woohoo! very excited about that. Yeah. Uh, new issues of Marvel Comics Presents, Powers of Ten, and Superman Year One Issue 2 come out as well.
2: That all sounds pretty exciting. I'm sorry that you'll be too dead
1: to read any of those, Paul. <laughs> too dead. <laughs> and what a horrible way to go, because it's not like you can even say you were taken out by like The Rock or
0: someone. Yeah. No, Richard Kind. Well, I won't be able to say anything because I'll be dead. Because but... you'll be dead. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll avenge you, Paul yeah (laughs) clear my browser history
2: all right well paul you have fun at d23 and uh we will catch you guys uh, next time right here on iomgeek.com give us a call 972-763-5903 that number once again 972-763-5903 and if we use your voicemail on the show you'll want a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise
0: You can also hit us up on Instagram, IOMGeek, Twitter, at Ideology Madness, or Facebook, IOMGeek. Bye, guys. We will see you next time. Podcast theme music graciously provided by
2: Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast.